Today's episode of Shop Talk is sponsored by my absolute favorite hair color brand, Kuhn Hair Cosmetics. Thanks, Kuhn, for sponsoring this episode. Hey, podcaster, happy new year. Uh, You are going to love this episode. In this episode, John and I interview two of our new 124Go coaches. Uh, These are two ladies that are amazing salon owners, hairstylists, salon professionals, and now uh, they're out there with us helping people coach salons. Anyway, so in this conversation, we interview Jen Yeager. Her and her husband, Chris, own Salon Yeager in Knoxville, Tennessee. They have an amazing staff of, I believe, if I'm keeping up right, 23, 24, 25 people right now. They're just absolutely killing it in Knoxville and um, just have a great group and have grown a beautiful culture there. We also interview Lindsay Young that owns Luna Salon Tally, uh, Luna Salon in Tallahassee, Florida. She is doing something really cool in her salon. You've probably heard both of them uh, on the podcast being interviewed. Lindsay keeps a little bit of a smaller yet very high demand, very high ticket salon. And so inside of her salon, they utilize assistants in a way that are different than uh, you would kind of see it in most salons. So anyway, I I use the word assistant, by the way, not in a derogatory fashion, as a blanket um, statement to say that, you know, her stylists are really supported by as many support staff members as possible so they can just crank behind the chair and, you know, work on their high-ticket, high-powered salon clientele there in Tallahassee, Florida. So anyway, I'm rambling. Um, thanks again for listening to us for another year. We're looking forward to a great 2022. We're going to talk a little bit in this episode about what we've got going on with 124Go, as well as some of the top challenges that you know salon owners are facing and maybe some different ways that we can be looking at some of these challenges, such as flexibility, such as mental health in the salon and how we can you know make sure our staffs are really ready to go, ready to ready to show up for work every day and, you know, uh, do this beautiful thing that we do. So anyway, I'm rambling. Happy New Year. Enjoy the episode. Sitting across the Zoom from us, not only is Mr. John Palmieri, is Miss Jen Yeager. Hi, Jen. Hi, glad to be here. Uh, super glad you're here. You, you've probably heard Jen on the podcast before. Her and her husband, Chris Yeager, that owns Salon Yeager in Knoxville, Tennessee, came on, did at the time, it was by far our highest listened to episode. You guys talked on that episode around SEO and you know growing a team. And it was just like, we probably TB now maybe, maybe we only TBT'd at one time, but even on that time, boom, it shot right back to the top again. Super sought after topic, but you guys run a pumping salon in Knoxville, Tennessee. You've had a ton of growth this year and we can't wait to dig into conversation with you. Thank you. I'm excited to get going on this. Same, same. And also we brought another friend. Usually we, there's three of us on this thing, but we got, we figured we'd have a bunch of friends today. Miss Lindsay Young sits across from us. Hi, Lindsay. Hi guys, I'm super excited for this. Me too, and we were talking um, earlier about the both of you, that both of your episodes, uh, you've been on before, and your episode, again, shot straight up to, you know, one of our highest listened to. I think it topped that right now as our all-time highest listened to episode, and um, we talked about a lot of different things that you're doing with your salon model, and that episode, by the way, I'll have linked in here, both of them. Um, that one was called the salon. Is this the salon model of the future? And you're doing very interesting things at Luna salon in Tallahassee, where you've taken a smaller team and created uh, the type of environment where there is an Uber amount of help so that every hairstylist behind the chair can be their best self behind the chair and have support. So you guys can handle the 240 new client requests that you get per month at Luna Salon, which is freaking crazy. So lots for us to talk about. John, I'm chomping at the bit. I know you are too, probably checking your notes. Um, Why don't you get us into this conversation, man? Awesome. Uh, First of all, thank you both for joining us today. I'm really excited. I know Chris is too, to be chatting about you. 
um, with you. I think one of the places I want to start today is kind of like the lessons that you guys have kind of learned, maybe feedback you're getting from, from, other, um, from other salon owners. What are, what are the, the reoccurring themes you kind of hear in the industry right now? Jen, I'm going to start with you. You know, with all the customers you've been talking to, all the salon owners you've been talking to, what seems to be like reoccurring themes that keep popping up for you? You know, John, um, it's interesting because we've always been a fast-paced industry with a lot of change. Mm -hmm. And when um, 2020 rolled around, it just sped that up even faster. And so we're seeing a lot of, you know, just questions surrounding, what do I do now? Things are different. How do I handle this? Um, flexibility is a huge hot topic in our industry right now. And, and so salon owners are wanting to know, how do I navigate through this? How do I take care of my employees better? Um, mental health and well-being is a huge topic right now also um, for our leaders. I, I consider it a blessing now that when we opened our salon, uh, it's been about seven years ago, but when we opened, the, the few weeks leading up to opening, just everything was thrown at us, just all, all the challenges that we could handle. And at the time, um, I almost felt that it would break me. And I got some amazing advice from an industry leader at the time. And uh, she said, lean into your team, be vulnerable with them, let them know your challenges, let them know what's hard and ask for help from them. And I was so scared to do that as a new owner. I thought they're, they're going to lose trust in me that I can't handle this this big thing that we've you know, decided to do. And quite the opposite happened. I learned that they trusted me enough to take on those responsibilities. I say it's a blessing now because it strengthened me. And now as we go through things like being shut down in 2020, mm -hmm. the things that are gonna naturally happen when you have a business, um, I, can, I can look back at that and draw strength from that experience and go, okay, we're gonna be fine. Lean into your team, here's what we do. So. Yeah, love that. I want to dig more into a couple of those topics, but first I want to hear from uh, Lindsay next. Uh, Lindsay, what are some of the topics you hear from salon owners? What are the, the things that you keep popping up in the industry um, for you? Yeah, um, I just want to say I completely agree with Jen too on those topics. That's what we're hearing all the time. Flexibility, how to remain profitable while being flexible um, with our stylists um, and so they can enjoy their life right alongside with their work. Um, pricing and level systems are a huge thing. I think a lot of salons are dealing with and just learning. Um, and with that too, just numbers. Um, I think a lot of stylists, you know, we, we aren't taught those types of things. So we're not taught about numbers and what we're supposed to track and what's important to track and what's not. So I feel like I get a lot of questions about that and what the importance is and how do you learn how to do it? Um, and so I think the thing that I try to remind people of is you're not alone and there's help for all of that. You know, there's lots of advice out there um, that we're happy to give and share. And, um, you know, you're just not alone in this game because things are changing all the time. Right. You know, I want to um, touch on the topic while we're here. One of the things that's happened is, you know, through this process of going through, you know, the COVID, um, going through the changes in our industry, we talked about some things that you guys decided to, um, to focus on today. Yet, I think another interesting thing is, and I don't know if our audience knows this, is both of you have decided that you want to share, that you want to teach, that you want to coach other salons. What brought that about? You know, Lindsay, let me talk to you for that for a quick minute. I mean, because you got enough going on, right? <laughs> let me add something else to my plate. This sounds like fun. What made you go down this road? What made you decide to be part of the, the coaching team here? Um, why not? I think it's, I love sharing any success that I find. And I think it's exciting. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just figured this out and it's working great. <laughs> and I want to share it with you. You know, um, I love learning from other people as well. And I think as a coaching team, you know, everybody's learning from each other. Um, and so I learn something new every day. And I think it's just exciting to be able to share that, um, mm -hmm. being a salon leader, like for my salon, um, it's growing people. My job is to grow as a salon owner to grow the stylist, and now I can help other owners grow. Mm -hmm. So I, I just love thinking of it in that way, help people reach their goals. Can I ask you this question? I think one of the things we, as students, we learn, right? Mm -hmm. we, we learn things from different people, from mentors, uh, from online learning. I mean, there's so many different sources for us to gain more knowledge. But I also know that when you teach, you learn even more, right? 
And I think that's kind of one of the missing pieces is if you get to teach somebody, you get to learn a little bit more. What have you learned through teaching others or by sharing? Um, what, what is something that you, ah, I kind of learned that now that I'm teaching and now that I'm sharing. Oh my gosh, probably there's so much. <laughs> pick, pick the one, pick the one or two things that most, you know, impacted you. How's that? Um, I think what I realize every time is that we're all going through the same things. Mm -hmm. And so I think every time I talk to somebody, you just see yourself there because you were there or you might currently be there. And um, I don't know, it's back to like, you're not alone. We're all going through the same thing. So I, that's what I mean. There's so much because I feel like I learned something every time I talk with someone. Yeah. Um, yeah I, that's awesome. How about you, Jen? What made you decide that coaching, sharing, teaching was something that you want to do with all the things you have on your plate? You've got, a, you've got three boys, correct? I do. I have three teenage boys. And, 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 and a man that came with that, right? Yeah, yeah. But he's pretty great. So he's helpful. So with all, with all of that, what made you decide that this was something you wanted to try? This was something you wanted to help with? For me, it was a natural progression. Mm -hmm. It was actually, I was listening recently to a, a, a podcast that you guys did. And I, I'm sure you guys probably remember who it was. And I can't remember right now, but she was talking about that. We have a responsibility to pass mm -hmm. on what we learn. And, um, and I love that. And I think that's always been a part of my belief system. I grew up seeing that modeled by other people. And so for me, you know, becoming a stylist, you know, that took work and effort. And when I felt like I had really learned some things there, then I started educating newer stylists to pass that on and then seeing just the change in them when they when they learn and they put it to work and they're successful and um, that kind of feeds you and fuels you and so it's just a natural progression okay what's next in passing on what I know now I know how to run a successful business and how to navigate through that and so passing it on is the next natural step if you were to think of one, maybe two key things that you've learned through this process, now that you're sharing, now that you're coaching, now that mm -hmm. you're teaching, that maybe impacted you the most, what would those one or two things be? One thing would be to set your culture and your values from the get-go as mm -hmm. a, a leader in your company and stick to those and make every decision as you move forward based on that, based on that culture and those values that you, that you um, set and if you do that, then you won't, you won't sway from that vision that you have mm -hmm. and everyone will know what to expect when they join your company. If you share that with them, so that'd be one. And a second one would be, um, gosh, this one's kind of simple, but huge to me is to praise in public, praise your, those that work with you often mm -hmm. and to, um, give them uh like correction coaching. or any advice coaching yes in I should be the word thank you in private yeah mm -hmm. uh it seems common sense it seems but it, sometimes it's not and it breaks my heart when I hear of people that are embarrassed in their workplace or in their school or wherever right. by by being coached in public <laughs> it's it's so amazing that you say that you know like in all honesty <laughs> as a kid I never wanted to listen to my mom and those were the types of things that she taught me. And you said it feels like it should be common sense. John says common sense doesn't exist. Um, and I, I believe that 90% of the time, you know, there, <laughs> there are times when I go, well, maybe there's a glimmer of hope. And then, it, you know, it sometimes gets shattered when you see something like that maybe happen where you, you recognize like, oh, wow, this person obviously doesn't realize that whatever style of leadership or management or, you know, that that used to be like, you know, the dictatorship, authoritarian, whatever, like that mm -hmm. has long since passed. Um, you know, it doesn't work. It hasn't worked for a long time. And if you want to grow that loyalty, so that's beautiful. You know, one announcement that we, or one thing that we didn't mention because, um, you know, Lindsay and Jen were pretty sought after by us, you know, John and I, uh, we don't, we don't chase girls anymore. Just so you know, you know, John's married and I've aged out, but, uh, we chased you both down. And, uh, luckily the team that you're going to be coaching with is ours. So we are super thrilled about that. I know we talk about one, two, four, go on the podcast, but I don't know that we ever really give clarity as to what it is that we've been up to. You know, we interview a lot of people and our mission really since day one 
has been to elevate the beauty industry and the communities that we serve within our industry. And that has obviously grown, it evolves. Um, and so, you know, at 124 Go this past year, we've been taking on a lot of salons. Jen, you've taken on a few of those. Lindsay, you're, you're heading in that direction. You know, we work with these salons on everything from training programs to pricing to profitability. And, you know, we just believe that people that if you're going to get coached by somebody, it should probably be by somebody that's doing the thing that they're teaching you to do, you know, and, and both of you on a day-to-day -day basis are doing the thing, you know, that, that we're certainly wanting to preach and teach um, and help other owners with, because, you know, you said it like in the very beginning, Jen, I think everybody that's listening right now can probably relate to a time in their business struggle that they thought might break them or, or at least at minimum frustrated them. So I want to ask the you to paint that picture a little bit, because, you know, I think sometimes when people do listen to a podcast, there's this illusion because we're on a microphone right now that it got handed to us easier. Um, you know, it's, it's, we don't have the same troubles or challenges as everybody else. And for you, you had just about everything go wrong that could go wrong, um, in your opening. And so I'd love you to tell that story just a little bit, because I think it is relevant. And if you're in 2022, if like you're saying to yourself, this is the year that I rebuild, you know, um, this is the year that I overcome my challenges. I, I think this might be an inspirational story. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to share. So, I have been a hairstylist for about 18 years now. And like I said, my salon's been open for about seven. So I'd been in the industry maybe 10, 11 years. Um, when we decided to open a salon, I say we, my husband and I decided to do that together. He is not a hairstylist. He is a um, psychology major by, by degree and he's a construction guy by background. So um, it was quite a leap to jump into the salon industry. He worked in salon management for a few years before we opened, but um, all the pieces of the puzzle lined up perfectly for us to open our salon. And we did our homework and we, we really, you know, researched and planned well, and we had a good accountant and we had, um, you know, a amazing location we were able to find. And so, you know, we had this great buildup. Okay. Everything's going to be amazing. And then we got the last few weeks before time to open and, uh, you know, the contractor, and this is uh, com I guess common, but it, <laughs> All right, we were new to it. Mm -hmm. Um, said all along, everything's lined up, everything's going good. We'll be ready to open this date. And um, it so we went ahead and quit our jobs, both of us putting everything on the line, my husband and I, um, with three little boys at that time. Mm -hmm. And we quit our jobs and we booked out clients. We had a few stylists coming with us. We booked out clients, and he told us like a couple days before opening, uh, so it's not actually gonna be done in time. And so we had these other people who were relying on working. We had clients booked and we were scrambling. Oh my gosh, what do we do? Um, that was like midnight messages to a local uh, suites, salon suites. Hey, do you have any rooms we can rent for a couple of weeks? I know you normally do year contracts, but here's our situation. Um, luckily they, they did, they made that happen. We, we had two studios and one massage room that we used as an office for a temporary uh, space for about two weeks. So that, that felt big and hard. We were calling all the clients Hey, this is where we need you to go. We will take care of you. Um, we had an entire van, minivan full of, of hair products and treatments and all of that um, on the way to the salon to get them all stocked and um, stocked for dinner. And someone broke into it and stole everything out of there. I was dressed in, in, in um, clothes to go out to eat. I had my work clothes in the car. They even stole my work clothes and my tennis shoes. So oh. yeah, um, it was just, you know, thousands of dollars worth of stuff just gone. Um, it, it was just one thing after another like that. And, um, at the time, my husband being a young father and feeling the weight of the world on his shoulders, um, it, it, he had to take a break. He had to take some, some time away, um, for his mental health. And I didn't know enough about how to even run the software. And so, that was my introduction actually to Mr. Brian Perdue, which is the reason I'm here with you guys, because when your phone rings for Mr. Brian Perdue and you've had the history that you have, that I've had with him, you answer that call. So, um, that's how I got with you guys with shop with, uh, one, two, four go. But, um, anyway, so 
Well, so I'm curious, I mean, like, cause that's a lot. And so, it's you know, and that was seven, eight years ago, right? Yeah. And Lindsay, I'm about to ask you a similar question. So I, I hope your, I hope your wheels are turning, but um, describe a little bit of what your salon looks like now, like what, what your salon life looks like now. Cause you, you came a long way at what looked like something that we might not be able to step through. Yeah. Um, we now have, I believe 26 employees and counting. We've got some that are, that are already hired that will be graduating school in the new year and joining us. And so we have them coming to our education, but, um, we have, you know, my husband, it, it runs the thing like magic and we have a manager that also is just phenomenal. Um, and we have educators on our team, stylists that are educators that, that mentor new stylists that come in and we have systems in place and it's just really a beautiful thing. Busy as ever. Um, right now, you know, it's, it, we're booked out a month, at least in advance with nothing, nothing. People call and we're like, we're, we, we're trying to get you in, but, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah quite a beautiful yeah. thing now. I don't even yeah. know how to put it. I can't even yeah. put it in words, yeah. really. Yeah. It's a far, it's a far cry from where it's you started. And, and, you know, yeah. it just, it kind of goes to show that, you know, that you can do this, you know, you can, wherever you're kind of sitting, you can walk through. I think, I think at the, you know, the beginning of the year, I always like to reset the mentality and, you know, it's like, it's a fresh new day, right? Here we are January one. And we're looking at all of the opportunity, maybe, maybe we're tired from the end of last year. Maybe, maybe some people, you know, I know Salon San Carlos, they take the first two weeks of January off. They work all the way through and then they take that off because it's like, you know, the, the opportunity to restart. Lindsay, I don't know the answer to this question, but, you know, tell us, share with us a challenge that you walked through. I know there've been some, but is there any that sticks out to you that kind of like, helped you to define, you know, where you're going with Luna and, um, or just something that you stand like, wow, if I walk through that, we can walk through anything. I mean, it was probably the shutdown with COVID. We weren't, um, we had opened in April of, um, 2019. So we weren't even a year old when it happened. And I guess in a way we are kind of lucky that we were so new because we hadn't been through anything too bad yet. Um, so I'm a real stickler with like starting, you know, opening the salon with a hefty savings account and things like that. So I knew we would be fine getting through, but being a new salon owner, I hadn't navigated anything to that extreme. I mean, I don't think anybody had, but I, you know, I really hadn't had this huge challenge yet. So, you know, I was still figuring out business and how to run a business and how to deal with, you know, um, clients and having employees. And then the shutdown happened and everything changed. So I think it was making sure I could change the way I was thinking and how I had to deal with things um, and to keep the team together. You know, I went through the savings, paying them their normal paychecks or the shutdown to keep us together. I didn't want them fighting for unemployment or, you know, have to go through that. They didn't have to. So it was really, I think the biggest struggle was keeping the team and energy together. Um, throughout that time and then what it looked like when you know everyone reopened and going through that um, but during that time is when I found out about salon coaching and you know really got started in working with a coach and helping me through that um, which is how I met you guys and um, that alone just kind of changed everything I think for me getting started because I didn't have to go through a lot of trial and error anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's the challenge at the beginning of opening a salon is it's all trial and error, you know, as you figure it out. So it was kind of getting through those hurdles. Since mm -hmm. you said that, because I know that you and John have been working together now for yeah. uh, how, how, how long is that, guys? Maybe I'm going to interview both of you right now for a second. How long, how long um, have you guys been working together? nine months ish i think so mm -hmm. yeah. um i know just because i keep up through conversations that you've you've implemented a lot of uh things you know from your end just hearing about a coach for the first time um and then now it's been nine months and you're onboarding with us i mean you're you know mm -hmm. you're you're an amazing you have an incredible leadership qualities people are attracted to you they want to know what Lindsay knows um what what has helped you the most through this process what have you learned through having john to reflect with and you know those resources i think that one of the biggest things is someone's holding me accountable 
as an owner, when you get to that owner status, you're not answering to anyone anymore. I mean, you have obviously your employees that you are answering to, um, but there's no one holding you accountable. And what I really found with having a coach was that I had, I was held, you know, to what I said I was going to do, um, what I was asked to do. Um, and I loved that. I felt like that's like a structure that everyone needs. Um, and I definitely needed that. Um, I didn't know about systems and, you know, the structure of the salon and how managing systems is really, you know, what you need to do and not managing people. And that really spoke to me. Um, and I think that's helped me a ton was learning how to do that. Um, but really, it's, I, for me, it's like an accountability thing has been my biggest thing. I love that I can bounce ideas off of somebody because I don't have a business partner. It's just me. So I can bounce ideas off and get, you know, some constructive criticism about or, you know, maybe a different way of looking at something that I was thinking about. And that's that's just a huge help. That's awesome. John, I know like kind of almost right out of the get go when you started working with Lindsay, it wasn't that long where you're like, I think Lindsay would be a good coach. Mm -hmm. um, what what was she, what is she doing differently? You know, as an owner, what are things that she takes on differently that you kind of see most owners are dropping the ball on or they struggle with? Well, I think one of the things that's great about Lindsay is she started off, at least when we started working together, working on her business, not in her business, right? Lindsay's not behind the chair, you know, so Lindsay gets to spend her time, you know, really supporting her team, really trying to grow her, her company. She's always thinking about the company and how it benefits all the people that work in it, meeting all her her coworkers, right? So that that point that where Lindsay's already at that stage in her in her business, where she's focusing on working on her business, not necessarily cranking hair um, behind the chair. Not that Lindsay doesn't jump in and help because I hear all the time, <laughs> "How'd you do?" Well, I had a I had an assist today. Somebody needed some help, or I needed to pitch in at the front because you know we needed help there. So Lindsay's always there to support her team, but her main focus is working on her business, not in it. The other thing about Lindsay that I think um, bodes really well for her is she, like she said, she's an accountability person. I got to get this done. I'm supposed to get it done by this date. I need to get this done. I need to get that done. She wraps her head around systems quite well, right? Um, as Lindsay just said, it's about managing the system, not the person, because um, we can drive ourselves crazy trying to manage people. Uh, yet it works out much better if we work on managing systems. So you've got somebody who's working on her business. You've got somebody who's developing systems. You've got somebody who holds herself accountable to making sure things get done. So not only does that make her a good leader for her company, but aren't those great attributes to share with others and help them through that process of um, growing their company and, and their team. Can I just say one more thing with yeah. you guys I, as you were talking that I was thinking about, uh, we had discussed this before where it was like a coach needs a coach, just like a therapist mm. needs a therapist. And I think that one thing that having a coach does is, well, I don't say does, but why I feel like it's necessary to have that person there is because when you're in your own business, you don't see it the same way. Mm. You know, I can talk to another person and pinpoint exactly you know, what the issue is, or, you know, have suggestions for help. But when it's your own, you are in it and you see it very differently. So having that outside person to evaluate and look at things with you is just, it's a great help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love that. Jen, I know that you're not working with a coach right at the moment. Um, you're doing a lot of coaching right now. Um, I know you're working with a couple of our customers who are working on different processes and different systems. Let's talk about some of those things. And Lindsay, I'd love to get your feedback too on some of the, those touch points that we're hearing from customers, those touch points we're hearing from salon owners that seem to be really prevalent at the moment. Um, I think one of them was flexibility. And so since you both run salons and you're both working you know, and talking to other salon owners, when we talk about flexibility, you know, what I think some salon owners hear is, well, what you're telling me is they can just come and go anytime they want. Is that what you're telling me? What, you know, I know, Lindsay, we have kind of worked on this a little bit because um, we're working on building or building a system for how many times can you call out sick in a year, right? <laughs> how many times, how many hours a week can you take off? So let's talk about that a little bit. 
you know, Jen, when, when we talk about flexibility, and I understand what the word means, but what is the disconnect between maybe stylist and salon owner? What is, what is the difference between the two? What I'm seeing in, in the salons that I'm coaching, and then also just in others I talk to in the industry is number one, the owners oftentimes have that nose to the grindstone work, you know, 500 hours a week. Um, that's how we do it kind of, um, I guess mentality. And most of the students coming out of school now, most of your stylists, they're younger and they don't have that same goal. They want to be able to, yes, work hard, but also have time to, to go travel, have time to take their dog to the dog park, you know, (laughs) while the sun's still shining, things like that. They don't want to work every Saturday and every evening just to build their clientele. They, they're okay with maybe letting it take a little longer to build a full clientele. If that means that right now they can live a life that's fulfilling and we have to adjust our mindset. If our, if we are of the mindset of, of work 500 hours a week, we have to adjust and go, you know what? There's a beautiful thing that, that they have in seeing, you know, what's out there, what's available and finding joy in life right now and wanting to experience things. It's all about the experience. When we're talking about a client in our chair, or a stylist coming into our salon, it's about the experience that they're having. And so we kind of have to adjust our, our mindset. We also, one of the biggest challenges that I see owners have is they don't set those boundaries. They think, well, flexibility just means a free for all. And that's not what it means. I can be flexible and I can say, you know, if Lindsay was my stylist, I could say, now, Lindsay, we do have some requirements here. You can work anywhere from 15 to 35 hours a week. Anywhere in that range is totally fine with us but you can't do less than 15. We can't have someone that's working four hours a week. So does that sound like, you know, that mm-hmm. is we, or, you know, I could say we do need you to work two Saturdays a month at levels one and two, if that's my choice. And I might say, you get to pick those two Saturdays. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep them consistent, but you get to choose. And so I'm going to allow her a lot of flexibility with still saying, these are my non-negotiables. This is where the boundaries are. You can be flexible within within here, within these sure. boundaries. Yeah. I love that. Um, how about you, Lindsay? I know you're working with your team and building flexibility because some of your some of your staff are moms or having, you know, having children on their own and they want that flexibility. They're not all just young people fresh coming out of school. Tell me what that's been like for you and how that flexibility is is now part of your process at your company. Yeah, I mean, it's a very big thing. A lot of people, again, like when we took this little break the other year, we realized what was important to us. And Mm -hmm. so even people who were like myself, you know, 10 hours a day behind the chair, people realized how much they were missing at home or, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. My son at one point a few years ago told me that if he could have any three wishes, one of them would be that I had a different job. Oh, And that broke my heart. And, you know, but at the same time, I was like, I've got huge goals and I'm go, 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 go. And so I've always kind of stuck to that big schedule, long hours, um, every day of the week, you know, doing something. Um, But that, you know, little, that shutdown really kind of put things into perspective, I think, for a lot of people. So now as an owner, I've had to change my mindset as I think we all kind of have to do that are used to being that, you know, nose to the grindstone all the time. And I had to do that for my team and understand, you know, that this, um, not just this generation, but all of us need to take that time and that there are more important things that are, I guess there are other things that are just as important. Um, so now it's how to give the flexibility while getting them to their goals as well, mm-hmm. you know, which is a struggle. And that's what we use, you know, our one-on-ones for, um, I'm getting ready to do that with my team for 2022 and set that up. And what does it look like? Um, and really finding out what's important to them, um, not just in the salon, but outside and how we can schedule that so that they can make their, you know, they all still have their money goals right. as well. So it's kind of finding that balance between the flexibility and the schedule they want, but the money they want to take home to. Yeah. I remember a story that Chris told uh, a bunch a while back. And uh, Chris, you remember the story about being in the salon one night and it was kind of late. It was like eight o'clock or maybe even later, you were doing a shampoo. All your staff was walking out the door and you were just looking at yourself going, they don't want this. No, they don't want to be me. They They don't want to be, be you. you know, I, I, it's funny because I think every salon owner, many salon owners can recollect the time when 
you know, they were the, the stylist in somewhere. And, you know, they opened their salon because they've built demand and people love them and their clients tell them you should open a salon. You're so successful. And it ends up that whatever the next generation of stylist is, they didn't see me as successful. They saw me as crazy because they were right. like, why would you want to be in at 8 a.m. and then and then not leave until 9 p.m.? Like, I, I never, ever want to do that. So why would I hand out those three referral cards or whatever? Like, as right. if it can keep me from getting to be you. I'm going to do it. And if that means leaving at 4 PM or telling my client, <laughs> I don't want her to be my client anymore. It's, it's amazing what we, well, you know, Michael Cole used to always say, and I, I love this. He would say like salon owners might be the people on the planet that can tolerate the most amount of pain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what he meant by that, well, you, I mean, I'm sure you could, you could kind of see it. Right. But was, it's amazing what we'll get used to and then we'll tell ourselves becomes a non-negotiable. And I love the language that Jen just used. I hear you use that a lot, John, as well, like negotiables and non-negotiables. And suddenly, you know, a non-negotiable is a, is a 50 hour week. Well, mm -hmm. that's not real life anymore. You know, that's, that's mm -hmm. actually not a non-negotiable. We're, we're working with a group, um, I'm trying to think of who it is. I want to say in the Kansas city market, or maybe it's the St. Kansas city market where uh, they've, they've taken, they take Saturdays off. Their salon is closed on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. Always their salons closed on Saturdays. She, she decided as the owner. Now I know who I'm talking about, you know, um, that, that I'm, she said to me, I'm a 40 somethings year old woman. I won't give away her age, mm -hmm. but you know, she's, a, she's a powerful business owner. And she's like, if I want to be closed on Saturdays, that's my decision. I get to make that decision. Right. And she's like, I had it put in my head somewhere along the years that you, you had to work Saturdays. And she's like, as long as we hit our numbers, no, we don't have to work Saturdays. And it's, mm -hmm. it's not that that's right for everybody. That's not, you know, the point I'm making it's we've told ourselves these stories and, and you deal with it all the time when you're coaching stylist, John, you know, where you find somebody that's told themselves a story that isn't true mm -hmm. or used to be the standard, but that has changed now and we have to flex with it. And the sooner you can flex, I mean, I, Jen, I, you know, you're one of my favorite people who like whenever I listen to you, I feel like I'm right taking notes on how clear and concise you say things. And like the way you just talked about, like, you know, you can do anywhere from 15 to 24 or 15 to 30, whatever it is, like the fact that you gave me those parameters and specificity, I knew what my choice was. So I have a choice, right? But I know what, you know, what my choices are and what they aren't like anything outside of 24, Hey, you're going to have to find another space to work in. And that's great. And I love you. And you're a nice person, but um, here's what you get to choose from. And I believe as a, you know, I think as people, we just want to have some say in the way our lives are going now, just because, you know, a couple of years back, it seemed like a lot of our say got taken away from. And so, and John, even inside of salon 124, I mean, I know that was a, kind of the first, like, not that it was ever not people first, profit second, mm -hmm. but, you know, it certainly has become a mantra, you know, that I've watched you guys walk as well. It's like people first. And when you can find that and then make it work for your business model, it's a beautiful thing. So sorry, I'm ranting. Um, Jen, you've been working with some people on training systems and, uh, I know that that's a big deal for you because when people come at us, we were on a call yesterday, as a matter of fact, with a salon in Pensacola. And, you know, here it is again, a very capable owner that's got a ton of experience and some really successful, very capable stylists in her salon. Um, and yet we've been training and that model has evolved a little bit. Give us a couple bullet points of like what you've been helping the owners do with their training systems in the salon and, um, what that looks like. I think my, honestly, my favorite thing as I've been coaching salons is now that I, I have my eyes open to the fact that I, I just, I fall in love with these salon owners so quickly uh, because the whole reason that they're coming to me for coaching or coming to us for coaching is because they want to be 
even better for their team. They want to be a better leader. So first of all, I just love, I love coaching for that reason. I get to see some beautiful souls. Um, but what we've been working on in training programs is, it, and this seems to be a consistent challenge. It was one of my biggest challenges was developing an education program. And I thought, how silly is this that I'm having such a challenge early on in Open Mind Salon with developing an education program? I know these skills. I know how to teach them, but how do I structure my program to, to make it make sense, to give it a start date and, a, and an end date? Because that's one of the biggest things. The stylists, when they join my company, they want to know what's expected of me and when am I going to graduate from this advanced education program you're offering. And if they come to our salon and we can't give them those answers, it's kind of scary and it's kind of disheartening to them. Anywhere else you go, if I if I go, well, my son has you know been in college recently. And when he registered for classes, he knew how many hours were expected of him, what classes were coming up, when the tests were going to be, and when that semester was over. And he mm. knew how many semesters and hours it would take to complete the entire program and to have his degree. And we expect these stylists to come to us and not give them that, that's kind of crazy. So that's my, my main goal in working with salons is help them to, like I say, package it up and put a pretty little bow on it so I can present it to the stylists that come to my salon. And there's really no questions. It takes the um, micromanaging away. I don't have to micromanage. They now know what's expected of them and they will do it. They're hard workers. These stylists that come to us, they're hard workers and they want to be better but they just need to know how and what's expected of them. It's also an incredible recruiting tool because if I can go into a school or I can put it on my social media or whatever and say, here is what we have to offer. And for us, you know, we, we do that for free. We provide that education for free for our team. Um, here's what we have to offer you for free. There's a huge value in that and it's presentable that way. So what I want to know is when we talked about some of the other things on that you were getting feedback from, from, from customers, from other salon owners. Jen, you said something that was really interesting. You said you got to lean into your team, right? I want to tell me a little bit more about what you mean by that. You know, it's, it's communication. That's really what it is. It's communicating with them how things are going. Uh, and you have to, if you're going to do that, if you're going to lean into them, you have to have that constant communication. Mm -hmm. You have to know where they are in their personal lives and how, yeah. how, how much they want to take on in their professional lives and, you know, be, just be real vulnerable with them and, and quit, you know, feeling like, well, I'm, I'm here, I'm the owner and you're here, you're, you're the stylist or you're the concierge at the front desk or, you know, whatever. No, we're literally all just like a family. Just mm -hmm. like a, you know, we, we would have family conversations. And if one family member is having a challenge, that means we're all having a challenge. And if one family member is, celebrating a success. We are all celebrating a success. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that we do is for our monthly meetings as a company, we call them our, our company celebrations. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's what we start off with is celebrating as many things as we possibly can in our team. And then of course, there's all the things that we have to take care of, but it, it just, it really means being vulnerable enough to share with them everything good. And the thing, you know, obviously I'm not going to sit down with them and go through the entire, you know, profit and loss statement and things sure. like that, mm -hmm. but I'm going to share with them. If we had growth, I'm going to share with them if our profitability has dropped and there's somewhere that I know that we can work to improve that. Mm -hmm. So. I think that when I hear you talk and you're talking about this sharing, right. It's a two way street. It's not just mm -hmm. you saying, Hey, let me tell you about myself. Let me be vulnerable. But I think that provides an opportunity for the person or the stylist to be open with you. You got to give it first before you're going to get it back in exchange, right? Yeah. And it's neat because you find out through that communication, through that conversation, you find out where your team members really want to be a part of the company. They may want to be the person that celebrates everybody's birthday. Mm -hmm. They may be the person that wants to jump in and teach um, formal styling and mm -hmm. teach people how to do better shampoos and blowouts. Uh, and oftentimes they want to do that simply for the fact that it's fulfilling to them and mm -hmm. it helps them feel like they're being stretched a little more. Right. I'm going to assume that when you have that, that lean in, right, that rapport building with your team, that helps you discuss things like the flexibility piece, right? 
because now they're going to be more open with you. Uh, you also, and I want to touch on this a little bit too, when you, you also touched on mental health. And I think that, and I'm going to make a, a statement that I don't know is accurate, but I'm going to make it anyways, right? I think that for the salon owner, like Chris, like me, who worked 10, 12 hours behind the chair, I'm sure like you guys too did in the beginning, and our staff looks at us now and thinks we're crazy, right? That there's also amongst that group, and I'm including myself in that group, what is this mental health thing? It's just a busy day. Uh, obviously it's more than that, right? So can you touch on that a little bit too? Because I think we hear more and more of that right now um, in our industry and, and the people that we work with. We're hearing more and more of that in the world. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. But with the whole mental health thing, I honestly never had a challenge with mental health until sure. 2020 hit. Mm -hmm. And I, once again, I consider it a blessing now because um, you know, I'm on the other side of it, but when I realized that I did not have control of my company, because I've always thought, well, I can just work harder if I need to, okay. I'll, I'll take clients yeah. at midnight and my company will be successful. But when that control was taken completely away and things were shut down and then everyone that I felt responsible for, mm -hmm. um, you know, was dealing with it, what they were dealing with worries and concerns. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't give them answers as to when we would be allowed to open back up it really threw me, it messed me up. And yeah. I, I had to, you know, seek some help for myself to, cause I, I knew I had to lead and I had to keep getting out of bed every day. And when I got to a point where I didn't want to get out of bed, I thought this is not me. So yeah. I sought help. And, uh, you know, we can talk all about that, about, you know, getting out and going for walks or getting physical exercise, um, eating, you know, more healthy, taking mm -hmm. your vitamins, things like that but really just even, you know, taking time for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and really, you know, one thing that when we've done our, our monthly one-on-ones with our stylists lately, we are hearing is I want my physical health to be better. I need, I need to improve mm -hmm. that. And so we are currently working on um, some seeing about building out some program to incentivize that. Mm -hmm. um, I got a really cool response, just throwing this out there from the, the YMCA. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, just a plug for them uh, unsolicited, but um, they actually gave my entire team free membership for a month to try it out and their wow. entire, in their entire families and free childcare, free, you know, fitness classes, all of that. And so they are currently enjoying that, um, privilege this month. And, um, our goal is at the end of the month to kind of, uh, crowdsource poll them and say, did you use it? Did you use it together? Mm -hmm. You know, what were the benefits? Is that something we want to look at maybe making a, a benefit for joining our company, Sure. Um, kind of throwing it back to like, was that 1990s kind of deal or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So, um, but really, yeah, it, if I can't, if, if my stylist or my concierge at the, at the front are not in a healthy place mentally, mm -hmm. I can't coach them to higher goals right. in their career. Yeah. It's, it's not, that's not where my focus needs to be. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, how about you? How has that topic affected your company? Um, again, you know, you've got a, a lot of moms, right? Mm -hmm. um, young women. Uh, and again, you know, I think we kind of look back for those people who have been in the industry for a while. It's like, oh, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Um, but, you know, as Jen said, no, it's, it's not that. It's way more than that. Uh, there's a whole, you know, different level of wellness there that we need to address. You know, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? It is. It's really concerning because I do, you know, look at myself in a different generation. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, we did, I did this for 20 years, you know, 10 right. hours a day. And, and the scary thing is, is a lot of these girls have been in it for five. Mm -hmm. And so on our end, what I'm hearing, like from my stylist in the salon too, it's, it's burnout. Mm -hmm. um, they're really burnt out again, since reopening things have just been crazy. Like it's been crazy. Like people seem different, mm -hmm. um, a little more, I don't know, high maintenance or demanding. I hear a lot. Um, and the stylists are just, they're, they're getting burnt out mm -hmm. and that's a struggle because again, it's, they have these goals, but they're feeling, you know, they're going through times where they're not feeling motivated and inspired. And that's what they'll right. reach out to me and say, like, I'm just not inspired right now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so tired. And, you know, that's a real hurdle, like as a leader and an owner to help your team get past. Right. And I think that's been the biggest struggle right now is how, again, it's all balance. It's like everything keeps coming back to balancing. 
Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you. It's, you know, I mean, I'll tell you, like if you, you told that little story about, you know, the eight o'clock watching the staff leave mm -hmm. and I can remember the feeling of like confusion, overwhelm, um, loneliness in a way, you know, mm -hmm. like there goes my team out the door. It's one of those things that now when I, when I hear the self-talk in my brain, if I hear myself saying, get over it, work mm -hmm. through it or whatever, I always think about that golly, like one of the first hair educators I ever saw, uh, Debbie Miller on stage was, was, you know, sharing about how, when she got out of hair school, cosmetology school, she just, you know, was told, go get busy. Mm -hmm. you know, fly little birdie fly, like go get busy. And that it ends up that the advice she was given was not great advice for longevity, you know, mm -hmm. and that, and that, you know, I, I remember having a thought one day as a real busy stylist, I feel a little off topic right now. I apologize. But I looked down at my chair, the four feet around me. And the thought came that I've spent more time in this four foot square in the last 16 years that I've spent anywhere else in my life. Mm -hmm. And like, I felt this like, like <laughs> sadness almost like, Oh my yeah. God, like this four feet, this is my world. Mm -hmm. And, um, and not at that time, that was probably 2010, not knowing what to do about it or, you know, maybe even yes, 2010 ish 20, you know, not knowing what to do about it. But I think that's where a lot of owners end up being. They go, Hey, I, I, and it's, whether it's, you know, whether you feel burnt out or not as an owner, like if you're working behind the chair and to kind of almost start to circle this up to where, you know, we talked about you and Lindsay working together and you realize that, you know, she has started to work on her business, not in her business. If you don't know what that means as an owner, call us, <laughs> call us, you know, I mean, Jen Yeager, uh, not that long ago, you know, I remember you had a goal that you and your husband had said, I won't, I won't drop numbers because I know you guys are high rollers, but, <laughs> but I'll say that you guys were already trending for a great month a while back. And you made some simple adjustments to your salon based on a little bit of conversation with Brian and your monthly totals like skyrocketed months later, not even like, we're not even talking years later. We're talking in a matter of months you had made some shifts. Um, somebody else just took a look at your space, you know, that beautiful space that you had and made some recommendations around it. And you took action as an owner and you went to work on your business. And that's what coaching does. And I, I know maybe it sounds like I'm giving a little commercial right now. Um, and I am. And Lindsay, you know, I mean, I know the same thing about you. You, as John shared, like you were the kingpin in your salon for a long time and you had worked your way, you know, to where you were moving out of that. But I think now you have probably more direction and more like, because sometimes you'll see owners come out from behind the chair. It's like, well, okay, great, fine. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, okay, fine. Do I just sweep the floor now? Like, what am I supposed to do? Um, and that's a place where we can help. John, questions mm -hmm. on your mind? No, I, I love both uh, 